said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. What you heard in the background there was uh, Tetsuya Naito doing his promo after beating Kota Ibushi in the main event of the first night of the G1 uh, in the A block. Um, This podcast is going to be a little bit more of a quick hit podcast. Uh, I, I will call up Big D... Uh, from uh, World of Geekdom and Geekdom 101 and also from the K-Fabulous Lucha Bros. Um, and we're going to talk about the Kurt Angle and uh, uh, unveiling of, of the, the secret that he had uh, on Raw. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But the first couple things, I, I just wanted to get some, some stuff out here. Um, first, the first thing is... Um, just got done watching uh, a few. Uh, I, I didn't see the whole show, but uh, G one uh, the first night. The two la- the last two matches were excellent. Uh, Zack Saber Junior beating uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, all submissions work in the arm. Uh, Tanahashi's messed up bicep. Uh, I can't imagine the way that uh, the way that he sold that arm tonight. That uh, or I guess it would have been last night. Um, that. Uh, He's not going to be the worst for wear uh, for a lot of the a lot of the matches in the tournament. Um, that's going to be the bullseye uh, if it wasn't already based on uh, that match. But uh, that was that was really strong match. And um, the uh, the other match, which was the main event I just mentioned, um, was a, a little bit of a different match, but um, just great near falls in the end. It's great to see uh, Kota Bushi in the ring uh, in these big matches again. Um, so first night was was, was really strong. Um, the other the other uh, the other A block matches. Uh, Yoshihashi beat uh, Yuji Nagata. Bad Luck Fale uh, beat Togi Makabe, and Hiroki uh, Goto beat Tomohiro Ishii, and uh, that match as well was was just super hard hitting. Um, I just got a just got a note from uh, our buddy Duan. I, I tweeted out because in the main event, Callis uh, was nowhere to be heard. Uh, it, it was Kevin Kelly doing uh, the play by play and then doing the color uh, as well by himself. And uh, Duan just told me um, that Don Callis lost his voice. So uh, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, on the first night, uh, he, he you know he's he's going from uh, from zero to a hundred there. Uh, the, he he did have a funny line earlier in the show where he was talking about uh, 
his rep for stirring up the boys or whatever. And I think that was in 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 uh, in response to the rumors that uh, he was the one to kind of get the the uh, New Japan guys been out of shape about the announcing for the G1 special with uh, Jim Ross and, and Josh Barnett doing the announcing. And the rumor is is that Callis was so bothered that that he and Kevin Kelly weren't doing the the matches that he kind of got the he kind of got the locker room all, all in a frenzy. So he, that was that was his uh, his uh, his line about about the rumors there. So that was actually pretty funny. But um, the the rest of the 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 next matches uh, for the second night. So for the first night of the B block at a Corkin Hall. Kenny Omega and Minoru Suzuki, uh, Okada and Yano, uh, Sonata versus Evil, Michael Elgin and Tamatonga, and Kojima against Juice Robinson. Those are the singles matches for that show. Omega and uh, Suzuki uh, is going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, it looks like I actually thought the, the 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 shows were a little bit closer together, but um, you know the, that that second show is not until the twentieth. But then they come back. On the twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, before they actually get one day off. So the G one is uh, going to get kicking uh, very quickly. And if you know they, these guys are having uh, having these single singles matches that are like you know pay per view quality singles matches every single night, um, and it's just it's it's a grueling tournament, but. It produces often uh, some of the some of the best wrestling. So check it out, and uh, if you have a New Japan World, um, actually I think they I think a lot of the stuff was actually on Daily Motion uh, earlier today. So whoever is doing that was was uh, really quick. But I you know I paid my nine bucks to 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 get New Japan World. So uh, check it out. It's good stuff. Uh, a couple other things. So. Uh, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, I saw he retired. He's the boxer from uh, Gilroy, which is where I live, and uh, he's probably best known for uh, for facing Floyd Mayweather in one of Mayweather's easier fights over the last few years. Not that he's had very many hard ones, but Guerrero uh, was just way too slow for Mayweather in in that fight, and he was having a hard time just even getting punches off, uh, and Mayweather, you know. I, maybe maybe Mayweather lost the first round of that fight, from what I remember, but uh, but but then shut him out for the rest of the way. Um, he uh, Guerrero retired. Um, let me see if I can find the uh, the Facebook uh, post that he that he had written. Um, he retired after losing on uh, on Saturday in a premier boxing champions um, uh, show. I think he was in the main event. Um, I guess I pulled up the wrong page here, but, uh, but Guerrero lost in, uh, in, in a few rounds, did not look great at all. Uh, he was really stationary. Um, he's just, I, 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 I didn't watch the match, but I did see a lot of the highlights and it just, uh, he, he was just a, a, a target. He wasn't even a moving target. He was just a standing target. Um, and today on Facebook, he posted, uh, today I'm announcing my retirement from the sport I love. I want to thank God for allowing me to have a wonderful career. I'm a kid from a small town in Gilroy, California, who made it to the mountaintop of boxing. I want to especially thank all the boxing fans. I hope you guys appreciated the guts and glory I left in the ring. God bless you all. And Guerrero, 
his his wife, um, you know, if if you if you've seen anything about Guerrero, uh, his wife had uh, cancer. Uh, a few different times, and he had to to stop his career to to take care of her and to make sure that she got well before he could get back in the ring. Um, and so he, you know, he had a great story uh, earlier in his career when he was, uh, you know, on the lighter side, a lot more fluid, and and was actually, uh, you know, actually had good power at the smaller weights. But as as he as he came up in weight, um, he was, you know, he he was still a long guy. But didn't have the power or the quickness to to really beat the top guys, you know, at, at one forty seven and, and and such. But always a gamer, um, and, and you know, throughout the last uh, throughout the last few years, uh, you know, no matter what, he was he was an action guy, and he was gonna gonna give you action fights, and and it was probably to his detriment, especially this weekend where you know he was just slugging it out uh, with. Uh, with the guy, I can't remember the guy's name who he fought, Figueroa. Uh, he, f- he fought Figueroa, and Figueroa just was just you know, he he was able to take Robert's shots, and Robert was having a hard time taking his shots. So, congratulations <clears throat> to the ghost. I hope he can, you know, stay retired, and I hope in these last few years, he was able to save some of that money. I mean, you know, you fight Mayweather, and, uh, and it's probably his biggest payday of his career. So hopefully he's going to put that money away and and uh, live, you know, for the rest of his life. Uh, a fairly uh, calm and 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 relaxing uh, rest of his his life. Still a very young guy too. So that that's the other thing is if he if he's out of boxing, hopefully still has his wits. I would imagine being a young guy and and you know they can he, he can he can retire and and do whatever he wants to do. Okay, so before we get to the interview with D, um, just wanted to go through a couple more things. So the Fabulous Four podcast that Duan and I uh, did a couple of years ago, I, I'm calling it now season one because we had uh, we had a stopping point because of schedules. We got through the first five fights of the Fabulous Four. Uh, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with that podcast, the Fabulous Four are Sugar Ray Leonard. Thomas Hearns, Marvin Hagler, and Roberto Duran, and we go over all the fights that they had with each other. We we stopped after the fifth fight, which is Hagler-Hearns, um, and we're going to pick back up soon here within the next month or so for um, Leonard and Hagler, which is the 1987 bout uh, in which uh, Sugar Ray Leonard made, it, made his comeback. Um, I think he was off for three years maybe um he had he had one fight after an eye injury uh against a guy i think his name is kevin howard um and he actually floored sugar ray in his comeback fight and sugar ray won the fight still but uh after that after that comeback fight um which sugar ray had originally retired because of an eye injury um that he had probably uh, I think he, I think he thinks it, it, it went all the way back to uh, even before the Tommy Hearns fight, maybe from what was that 1981, um, and so he retired, uh, preparing for a fight with a guy by the name of Bruce Finch because Bruce Finch, uh, he had uh, I think he had a, a retina issue, uh, detached retina issue in his eye, so he he retires. Um, comes back in 84 for the fight with Howard, retires again because you just didn't feel him, feel like he was himself. And, uh, three years later, uh, comes back against Marvin Hagler. And that's what Duan and I are going to cover in the next, uh, in season two, episode one. Uh, so 
on the uh, I've I've re-uploaded the first three fights. So Duran and Leonard, the first fight, and then No Moss fight, and then the uh, Leonard and um, Leonard and Tommy Hearns fight are up there. And I think I just put up the uh, Hagler and Duran fight. So those four uh, fabulous four podcasts are up. I think we have, uh, so actually we would have done six because there's a Tommy Hearns and Roberto Duran fight that is, uh, that is up, that is, uh, coming up as well. So yeah, so we have, we have four up there now. Uh, the fifth fight is, is, is Hearns and Duran, which is, you know, Tommy Hearns just waxing Roberto Duran in a, in a round or maybe two rounds. Um, and then we'll get to the season two. So that'll, that'll be uploaded within the next week or two. Uh, then we'll record starting season two, uh, Leonard Hagler. And then after that is the rematch with, uh, Leonard and Hearns. And then the last fight out of the fabulous four is the really sad, uh, fight between Leonard and Duran, their third fight. Uh, they were both cold and it was, you know, rainy or whatever outside. And, you know, both guys, uh, pretty much shell of themselves at that point, but, uh, both guys continued to fight. Um, I think Leonard fought all the way. Uh, he had beat Donnie Lalonde in a, in a, I think he went all the way up to 168 or 170 or something. Um, and then, uh, terrible Terry Norris actually, uh, would go on to retire Sugar Ray. Um, and so, uh, we'll get through those fights and then we'll do, uh, a post sort of epilogue kind of kind of deal. So the, so there will be four podcasts in season two, um, and then who knows after that? We you know, Duan and I are both big boxing fans. There's tons of stuff you can cover. Uh, you know, I, I've just been digging into Tyson's career all over again, especially his post jail, the post jail part of his career. He's drawn crazy buy rates for every single fight. You know, 1.5 million buys with Peter McNeely. Uh, you know, 1.9 and then, I don't know, it was like 1.7 or maybe another 1.9 in both Holyfield fights, uh, 1.9 with, uh, with Lennox Lewis, just insane buy rates for Tyson, the post, uh, post jail Tyson, that, that would actually be a fun, uh, a fun era to look at is, is Tyson coming out of jail, some good books out there and, and just lots of information. Um, so We'll we'll start with that, and then I also wanted to uh, talk about the We Want Flair podcast that I'm going to do with uh, John LaRocca. We're going to cover the post uh, the post Ric Flair WCW era, where Flair goes to WWE, um, WCW is kind of in shambles, and they they kind of have to do a lot of changes to their booking. Sting is the guy, Luger is is the main heel. And they go on uh, quite a quite a different route from the 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 previous few years where Flair was the guy and and uh, Luger and Sting were chasing him and Terry Funk um, and Ricky Steamboat. So uh, we are gonna try and get uh, a few of those recorded before we actually put them out because I want to kind of put them out every other week so that there's a little bit of um, a timeliness to it. Um, so we're gonna be doing that. My kid is gonna be uh, producing the the uh, the song or the intro music for that podcast. That should be pretty fun, um, and then we'll get that going. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up Big D here in a second. Just remember, 
uh, K Fabulous Lucha Brothers with he and Brandon Draven. Uh, they the last two shows that they've done have been on uh, WCW NWO sold out '99, and they're actually going to be in uh, stay in '99 for uh, their next show after that, which will be Halloween Havoc. And I think D said it was going to be a two or three parter. So check those guys out. Uh, Big D is at uh, Geekdom101 on YouTube and World of Geekdom on YouTube. And then on Twitter, Big D is at um, Emperor Big D. And they also have a Facebook page, K Fabulous Lucha Brothers Facebook page. So let's kick it. Let's uh, let's give D a call and uh, talk about the Kurt Angle uh, unveiling of, of, of his big secret. And then we'll also talk a little bit about the, the main event for SummerSlam and what to do with uh, the uh, Samoa Jones and Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar and all that. So uh, kicking it to, uh, to D right now, give him a ring, and we'll talk about that stuff. All right, welcoming uh, the guy who uh, tweeted that Angels in the Outfield is his favorite baseball movie, Big D. What's up? I did say that. I'm surprised you saw it. That is my favorite baseball movie. Not one of the best ones, but it's my personal favorite. I like that movie. That movie was fun. Um, okay, so what we're doing tonight, as as of this recording, is uh, wanted to quickly talk about the Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan reveal on Monday Night Raw, which happened, I don't know, a couple hours ago. Um, and you were, you were one of the ones uh, who I knew who's kind of ahead of the curve on, on what was happening before we kind of get to what, what they revealed, um, what was the wackiest, uh, rumor or idea that you heard for this angle as far as who Kurt Angle was talking to on the phone? (laughs) CM Punk, which, which to me is like. Again, I'm not disrespecting people, but they just don't know that there's like litigation going on with him and the company. They don't know how far apart that is. So so he was going to be like his his uh, bed buddy or something. I I don't know. I've just when I did the video breaking the news last week, there were tons of comments saying CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, and. Like, you know, I was like, do they not know about the lawsuit? I guess they didn't. I mean, I guess that's the thing. And there's different varying degrees of Internet wrestling fans. You know, everybody wants to categorize them as Mark and Smart Mark, which I think is kind of stupid to do nowadays, to be honest with you. That's not the case anymore. Some people just aren't really aware. Like some don't read Meltzer or they only read like, you know, SES sports or whatever. Like I it was weird because I was like, wait a minute. How do they not know? Yeah. Um, the, I think a lot of people were worried it was going to be Dixie Carter. Our buddy Doing basically said he's putting his foot. Uh, in, in, he was putting his foot down, and if it was Dixie Carter, he was not going to watch WWE anymore. Yeah, well, I. Everybody says that every week, bro. He'll watch it again. <laughs> Sorry, you'll watch it again, bro. <laughs> Dragon um, Ball community, exactly the same. Oh, if this happens, I'm not watching. Yes, you will. Okay, yes, so, you so I don't know what it was about a couple weeks ago where you said that you had heard that it was actually going to be an, uh, an illegitimate child rather than like a mistress. And your, your uh, information uh, ha- has been very good of late. And so I started thinking like, gosh, okay, who's go- who's it going to be? And so my first thought was that this was to set up Kurt Angle and uh, a woman wrestler 
versus Triple H and Stephanie. So I was thinking, like, you know, who could it be? Who hasn't been on WWE TV in a long time? And I thought, like, man, maybe they're going to try to make some array. You know, maybe it's Emma. But I, I wasn't, I didn't figure that those were, you know, very good guesses. I was just kind of trying to think about, you know, some, some women uh, wrestlers who haven't been around in a while. And then the one that started popping up uh, the last few days was actually Jason Jordan's buddy, Chad, Chad. Gable. Yeah, because they're both they both have that amateur thing going. So, and so um, uh, earlier today, when he was describing Kurt Angle, got in the center of the ring and was like a, a just a proud guy, which was a little bit different from how the angle started, which was he was very scared and very paranoid that something like this was going to ruin his career and ruin his life. And so, I'm not sure if they exactly knew what they were going to do at that point. Because it's- no, as far as I understand, from what I was told, when they came – and this is really bad. When they came up with this angle, they didn't even have a payoff for it yet. They just came up with an angle. Like obviously the long-term plan is to eventually bring back Steph. But when they first came up with they did not even have a plan, dude. So it's, That's, like, it's like the – I don't know why they the – Scor- It's like the black scorpion all over again. It is. And I just don't understand why they do this in 2017. Like you would think – I don't get this. Like I legitimately don't get it. I understand that you have to book some things week to week. Obviously, there's injuries. We have, you know, things happen. Flights get missed. Whatever. And the actual shows themselves, like the matches and the angles, you can book them week to week. But if you're doing a long term angle, no pun intended, right? I don't know why in 2017 they have such a hard time doing this. I don't know why it's so difficult, considering that all the big television shows all work on character arcs and big angles. I don't know why WWE is so flaccid in that department when they actually have Hollywood writers. Like you would think that these Hollywood writers would have like, you know, three or four months worth of storylines written. And I don't mean have every show booked. Please don't think I'm thinking about having all the booking and the no, 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 just the storyline of where it's going. Like kind of like you know, a couple paragraphs of the story. It's not that hard. It's wrestling. You don't have to overthink things. You don't have to, um, you know, make things so complex. Like, you know, some of these TV shows like the wire or whatever, you don't have to do that. You just keep or the lost, keep it simple. And I feel like it's weird that they still don't do that. Like, come on, it's 2017. Keep up with the freaking times, you know? Yeah. But uh, I mean, to the, to, and I don't like to defend WWE in this, in this uh, area, but just to their defense, like let's say you're talking about uh, a, a, an HBO show that has 13 episodes. They only need 13 hours, and WWE burns through 13 hours in like a week and a half. Well, well that's, that's that's my point. Is that it's not about the hours; it's about the storyline. Because it within those, this is what I was trying to explain when I said it's not about booking. When you have three, you know, hours, you don't have to book every segment. Months ahead of time. I'm talking about the storyline. Like, for example, if they knew they didn't know, but let's say they wanted to reveal Jason Jordan as being his son, they could have, you know, written down, okay, the payoff's gonna be Jason Jordan, he's gonna get a push, right? They could have had that written down two months ago and then slowly kind of trinkled little freaking nuggets here and there. And then when somebody goes back and rewatches the entire thing, you will pick up on it. You know, recently on an episode of KLB that has not gone up yet, we um, – it hasn't gone up yet, but it will be up in a couple of weeks. We covered Halloween Havoc 99. We talked about how Russo and Ferrara had booked 
the entire endpoint of their first run was to reveal the NWO coming back. That was their big thing. They were going to combine the NWO and the Montreal Screwjob at Starcade, and they started it literally at Halloween Havoc. It was a two-month build. Um, I think Melter and the Observer said it was a t they had ten weeks. But what happened was they had the whole story planned out. But what happened was there were little plot holes here and there in between because they they're bad writers. WWE doesn't have to have the plot holes. Just just figure out the end game and go backwards. I just thought it, I just I think it's stupid that they don't know where they're going to. I, I don't like that. It, it's changing your mind is one thing, but to have to start an angle and not know where you're going to end it, that's stupid. I'm sorry, but that's dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if that is the case, that's kind of funny. But you know, I think. Part of what they do, and and I, I've actually had conversations with people about this, is I see them testing stuff a lot, like this May Young classic where they're going to drop, um, you know, all of the uh, all of the episodes or let me four episodes at one time or something instead of trying to pull a glow, bro. Well, instead of making it like a weekly show, like the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, they're they're doing something different, and to some extent, I get it because they're trying to see. How do people want to watch this stuff? Because and and, and here's what I think is the main marathon reason. it. Well, yeah. you, well, the, if you look at their uh, analytics, my guess is that that live stream gets almost no traction at all, and everything that people watch on that network is by appointment, by their own free, you know, by their own free will to when they want to watch right. it on VOD. Yeah, a la, a la carte is what you're thinking, right? A la right. carte, right? So yeah, so they're just they're just. Uh, they're just saying, okay, let's not even worry about the live channel experience and let's just see if this stuff works VOD because then we don't have to like program it and we don't have to like run it on, on you know, at a specific time and we don't have to market it in the same way. So it's it's definitely like a, a, an experiment. And so I, I, I get that part. And maybe that's what they were doing here, which was like, you know, we haven't done this kind of thing in a while. And maybe we have two or three endpoints that we think could be where we go. That's we'll, right. That's and, okay. And let's see if we get traction with this. And I think even though they probably did it a lot faster than, than I would have wanted them to, I, I mean, I think they did draw some some eyebrows. Like people were really interested. There was the, you know, the wacky Corey Graves thing. Like he would just kind of, you know, oh, I got I to gotta leave the booth. You know, uh, I just got a text and, and then he'd go to Kurt and – and like that whole thing was just out of the ordinary of normal three hour raw. So it was very interesting to see where yeah, they that, were going. That was totally well done. I agree. No, I agree. When they when they do stuff outside the box and they make the show unpredictable, that's always a good thing, I think. That's what made the Monday Night War so much fun. That's what made some of the best Raw moments fun when you have that unpredictability. And I, I, I do miss that about the business. Okay, so is Jason Jordan the right guy for this role? I have no idea. I mean, he kind of looks like Kurt Angle. I kind of see it. Kurt Angle has been known to be a big fan of the chocolate lady, so <laughs> it makes sense, right? Um, I, I don't know if he's the right guy. I mean, the guy has the natural charisma. He's a decent worker. And you know what's creepy? His finishing move in the WWE video games is the Olympic Slam. So they – maybe they really did plan this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I don't know if he's the right guy. I mean, I used to think that Chad Gable was like the big um, – he was the more, I guess, the Sean of the group versus the Marty of Jason Jordan, but maybe not. I mean, but you know what, bro? Whenever they push, I'm always for them pushing new talent and see yeah. if they get over and see if they don't. Braun Strowman, they pushed him. He got over. You know, um, Ty Dillinger, 
Well, <laughs> they really they really didn't push him, so never mind. I, I, hang on to your Braun, Braun Strowman thoughts because uh, uh, in, in in a minute here, I want to get your thoughts on on that how they ended Raw tonight. But one more thing about about this um, this Jason Jordan thing, which is um, I wonder, like I I hope. Because he uh, was pushed hard, you know, they, they, he seemingly didn't really have anything in, in NXT until they had the uh, they had the tag team with uh, with Chad Gable. Uh, they they tried they started and stopped with him a few different times to try to see what worked and what didn't. I mean, I, I what I would do, and and I, I don't know if I would make him a singles guy right now. What I'd probably do is bring back Shelton Benjamin and have him and Benjamin be a tag team to begin but it's all about based on where the angle is truly going which i think many people think it's somehow related to triple h and stephanie and, and whatever and leading to a match down the line or whatever but i i think you know if you really want jason jordan to be a strong singles down the line i think you kind of lead him in you know a little slowly because if you put him in with the top guys right now like if he's got to go you know if he's got to go against dean ambrose and and people are just bored as hell of raw as it is because i mean let, let, when when he came out the crowd did not pop very hard right like they kind of were like oh no it, it kind of died yeah <clears throat> so i do so i do hope that they bring him along slowly because i mean the guy is an absolutely dynamite athlete but he's always sort of missed he's always he, he's always kind of had the uh, there's something missing with him and, and maybe being with Kurt or like if they do bring Shelton or I don't know what Charlie Haas is doing these days. But um, well, I like how he buried his own parents on that freaking <laughs> ne- on that network special. Well, I'm surprised my parents weren't very athletic, but uh, now I know where I got it from. He's saying his mom and dad are fat, bro. Like, come on, bro. Come on, Jason Jordan, his okay. real mom and dad, by the way. OK, now there's one other piece to this angle that they could actually unravel which is the birth mother they could bring in the birth mother well who's it gonna be bro fucking dark journey i mean who <laughs> I, uh, who who could it be bro rocket rocket con no she's too young. no she's too young she i mean she jason jordan could be fucking her for all we know <laughs> well I, I yeah i don't i think i think jason jordan is probably only like 15 or 16 years younger than kurt angle though i, I think he i think isn't he like 30 already uh we can find out let's see jason jordan okay he was born 1988 which means that he's 29 um and he's a post 87 which is always good okay uh, well that that makes a little sense because kurt said when he was at clarion so kurt's 40, 48 so that would make him what 19 or something that so makes that's sense not, that's not bad no, and it's actually something that I think that they – I'm going to give WWE credit. Now, I buried them early. I'm going to give them credit. Like they thought through like how they were going to present this, and I like that. Like the, the fact that Kurt Angle – maybe it was Kurt himself. He was like, you know, if I do the math on this, he probably asked Jordan, how old are you? I'm 29, sir. Okay, well, that means I would have been at Clarion. Okay, we can make it. We can make it. We can make it work, and that that might be what happened. And it worked. Like so far, I think it, there, it's not really a plot hole. I don't think. I don't. I mean, we know that he's not really his son, but it's not really a plot hole. Now the question is: Is it going to turn into one of those things like Lance von Eric, where we find that it was all a lie and that he's not really his kid? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean that that, that that that's definitely part of it. Uh, that that as well. Okay, one one more thing before we get to Braun, real May, quick. Maybe it'll maybe it'll end with him putting Jason Jordan over in a feud, bro, for lying to him or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's the guy to get the rough from Kurt Angle, bro. To be honest with you. Okay, so what did you think about Kurt and the crocodile tears 
as Jason Jordan was coming out. It was pretty bad, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> he tried. Bad. He tried, though, right? He tried. I mean, he shouldn't even try, to be honest with you. I mean, him having that little shit-eating smile is enough for me. <laughs> but uh, it was... He he did the same thing when he was with uh, with a Renee Young interview. Like he's all like trying to be this proud dad and you know all this stuff. It would be pretty cool if Jason Jordan revealed that he was lying the entire time just to get the rub. Like oh I I just wanted to say I was angry so I can get more opportunities in this company. Like that that would be a good little heel turn I think for him. Yeah no I think I think that'd be good too. All right so let's get to the main event thing which was Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe in the main event. Uh, Braun Strowman comes out was he even like did he even have like any bandages or is just his elbow thing right that from when he got surgery yeah it was very russo rific in that he just goes in there and beats them up and we have no finish reminds me of that one nitro where they had a first blood match with vampiro and sting and the show ended with blood being dropped from the ceiling onto sting and that was it there was no finish there was <laughs> nothing that's how the show ended like they dropped blood then the new blood came in there and they hung him from his neck and that's how they ended the show there was no finish and that's how it felt here it really did feel that way so um it by by the way that this show ended where do you think they're going for SummerSlam? so braun Strowman beats up basically comes in beats up uh roman uh joe puts him in a sleeper uh roman hits superman punch he goes down to a knee and then he just keeps beating them both up yeah, he just beat them. He he literally just beat them both up. <laughs> that was it. So now I'm thinking it's it's going to be a four way. I mean, unless they do a three way next week and then they determine the winner there. Yeah. I just I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing four way. And you know what? Four way allows them to have Brock lose the belt without getting pinned, and it's four big guys in one match. I'm okay with it. You know, I I I would call the audible, and I would say, just put the friggin' belt on Strowman, man. Uh, I, 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 I was thinking Joe, but maybe. And the, the only reason is, again, you know, I, I keep talking about them doing these experiments because, okay, Joe's over, you know, Roman is over just in a different way, but you kind of want to see if they have something with Strowman. I mean, it, it's obviously too early. It's, it's very early. And, and, you know, if, as long as they build up to, uh, uh his title win, it, it should be pretty cool. But I kind of halfway feel like. Just put the belt on him. See I mean, what happens. Like see, just yeah. see what happens, and and maybe maybe there's the babyface superstar that they've been trying to find. Who since looks Dan- like Baby Huey since Daniel Bryan. He looks like yeah. He looks like um. He lo- what's what's the uh, uh what's the of mice and men um the, the the two characters in of mice and men right? Do, do, uh-uh. do you remember mice and men? No, I thought you were gonna say he looks like the guy from Bloodsport, bro. Freaking um, what's his name, dude? The guy from Bloodsport, the movie, bro. Uh, he's from Revenge of the Nerds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Matuzak? who he looks like, bro. Huh? Matu- you talking about Matuzak? Uh, was that his name? I don't remember. Yeah, I bro. think it's Matuzak. Like he, he's like he, he's like um, okay. Uh, Donald Gibbs. I think I think that's his name, right? No, I don't remember. Yeah, Donald Gibb. Yeah, that's that's his real name, the actor. George and and Lenny from a Mice and Men, like like Braun Strowman is the Lenny to uh, to whoever the George is, but he's just like uh, you know he's like I, I I have no idea if he's the right guy, but it just seems like the way that they've been booking him as this monster, um, why wait? Like why keep why 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 possibly wait to screw up 
his build and just do it now and see what happens. And you can always, you know, take it off of him in a three way so he doesn't lose or, or, or whatever down the line if it doesn't work. But I, I just feel like, man, it would really jolt the company to have him beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Um, it, would, it would be a jolt. And, and I would be really interested to see how the fans react because uh, he could be the babyface that they've been looking for. He could be. I think they sh- if he keeps getting over, though, maybe they should hold off until the Rumble, have him win the Rumble, and have him go for the belt. Screw yeah. it. I mean, that, that's the natural way that they usually do this stuff, which is which is fine because it's predictable. But they got a hard on for Roman right now, bro. They just they want to get that Roman. They, they don't care about him. They care about Roman. They they're willing to sacrifice him for Roman, dude. Which is so bad. Like that's. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like the Batista Randy Orton thing. How they wanted to get Randy Orton over in 05, and then they went with Batista because he got more over naturally, organically. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. But I feel like in this instance, I feel like they, um, I feel like they uh, might not do that. They might go with the original plan, which I think is a mistake. Well, I mean, Braun's gotten the shine, and he beat Roman in that ambulance match, and he he got over with you know, getting killed and, and walking away from the accident. And then tonight. So, I mean, he, he's, he, he's the one riding, riding high right now. And, uh, you know, it's probably, you're probably right in that it's set up for Roman to, to get his, his win back. But, um, I don't know. I just say, I just screw it, man. Like, what do you got to lose? You, you, you don't really have anything to lose. I mean, it's just, it's so dumb that they keep wanting to go back to Roman. I get it, but like, and I get it before but now you've got this guy Strowman who's getting over they didn't have this guy a few months ago he wasn't this degree of over I agree with you I say put the rocket up his ass bro fuck it you know and then and then because here's it here's the if you want to talk about like the where they could go in 2018 if you really want to make this guy a baby face make him a baby face you could take Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose and have him join up with Roman turn all three of them heel then you've got guys for Strowman to work with all throughout 2018, bro. All throughout 2018, the Shield against Braun Strowman that could be fantastic. The new, the, the, the reunited Shield, because there's been talk about them doing that for a while. They're all on Raw now. Yep. My 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 um, fantasy booking, and this was this was after the Finn Balor. Did you see ever see the Finn Balor 24 the, the WWE 24? I did not. I never got around to seeing it. It's pretty good. It's probably about 10 minutes too long, but it's pretty good. Um, and Finn Balor talks about his friendship with Carl um, Anderson throughout that that special. And I was like, wow, Finn Balor should turn heel, reunite as the Bullet Club or whatever they want to the Balor Club, with uh, with Anderson and Gallows, and they should feud with the Shield. Like I thought, I thought that would be pretty cool, but they're, they're obviously not going there. It's, it's Balor and... And and Wyatt and 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 uh, the Wanderer. What's the guy's name? Uh, the Drifter. You the mean Drifter, the Drifter? Elias Sampson. Yeah. The, the Wanderer. That's a different the gimmick. Wander. The Wanderer. They should make that a different gimmick. Well, but they brought they brought back uh, El Cabong tonight. Yes, they did. But it's not. It's never going to match up with uh with Double J and how he used to do it. Or like like uh-huh. Mike Graham said, he broke six thousand guitars and never drew a dime. What about the honky tonk man? He was yeah. Well, remember, Hockey Top Man was worse because when he rocked Jake, rock, remember, bro, <laughs> for real. According to Jake, yeah. According, <laughs> according to Jake, that's why he got fucked up on drugs. Remember, he's like, when he hit me with the guitar, it was a real guitar, and I wound up getting hooked on painkillers. That's what started his downfall with Honky Tonk Man, bro. Oh man, oh man, he did it. 
Uh, all right, so uh, I wanted to just get you on for a quick 20. Actually, it was a quick 15, but we made it a quick 20. Um, and, I, and, and just to get your your immediate take on it and i know you did it i know you did the video so uh i will well, who who is jason jordan going to be wrestling though like what's what's the feud here you know what what's you know well, i guess we'll find out next week that, that's what i'm saying I, I would do it slowly but um so uh you you have a video up at world of geekdom um and you talk about the kurt angle thing for how many minutes is that i saw the alert i got the alert but i didn't i haven't clicked I, on it yet I, I don't remember like seven eight minutes i was just talking shit i don't remember so it was kind of like what we did now so so your video is up uh we got this thing up uh and uh thanks thanks for coming on man last minute right. last minute quick hit anytime like that's it was cool it was fun all right um thanks to big d I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Peace out. out.